Welcome to I Am Divine, mastering your intuition with psychic mediums and spiritual psychology coaches and science of mind practitioners, Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. This is Paula Hunter. And this is Kim Garden. And welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, a spiritual podcast where you will discover your psychic potential within by learning skill sets that develop and master your spiritual gifts. We will teach you about universal truths that will empower you to manifest a life you truly desire. We are here to remind you who you are, the powerful badass that you are, the divine I am. Hello, hello, and welcome, beautiful souls. Ooh, the energy is feeling so good with our special guest, Lindsay Caracotti. Oh my God. Welcome, 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 Lindsay. Lindsay is a new thought spiritual practitioner and master coach. And as a mental projector, she is dedicated to guiding badass souls out of the matrix and into the truth of you unique divine expression. Lindsay works with human design, metaphysics, subconscious reprogramming and consciousness to help you release matrix programs of scarcity, lack, self-doubt and hustle and step into your life as a badass conscious creator. Yes, Lindsay. That is so powerful. Yes, I can feel it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're getting me all excited with that intro, Kim. Thank you. <laughs> Love I'm it. Like, yeah, I know. I'm like, I want to be near you. That was so good. Um, we were just talking before we started recording about the power of telling everybody's stories because we all have a story which, which has not only brought us to where we are today, but when we share these stories, they really are inspiring. So we wanted to ask you, what started you on your spiritual journey? I, I love telling these stories too, because it's just the whole core of it, the whole core of my journey and all of my struggle and suffering, which I'll share a little bit more about came from the forgetting that I am divine, forgetting and feeling completely disconnected from any sort of power and just feeling completely powerless. And so really, I honestly feel like I had my first big major spiritual awakening in my early 30s. And that was right after I got sober from drugs and alcohol. And the entire previous decades and probably multiple lifetimes <laughs> For that, I feel like we're really preparing me for that awakening because all of my life has been a struggle. It's been a struggle of anxiety, depression, major insecurity. I used to have panic attacks when I, believe it or not, most people that know me now can't believe that I was ever that anxious or insecure that I would have panic attacks. But now I'm like, yay, let's suck. <laughs> yes. It's proof of like how far we can come, right? But so yeah. Panic attacks, insecurity, depression, anxiety, chronic pain. And then in my teen years, I started to get really destructive, started getting into drugs and alcohol, totally got addicted and spent my 20s in this just this whirlpool of anger and resentment and feeling just completely like a victim. Like I would drive to work and I was busting my butt, bartending waiting tables so I could support my lifestyle and I would drive to work and I would I was always that person that was like there has to be more than this right there has to be more than this but I was so locked in the experience of feeling stuck and feeling like okay right because I had this story of nobody's going to support me I have to work right I have to work I have to eat I have to feed myself. I had all this guilt and shame about my addictions and my drug use. So I wasn't open to people helping me. And that just perpetuated on through my 20s. And I was just always running while simultaneously questioning and being like, I know that life is not, this isn't it, mm -hmm. you know? And I was just in that 
feeling of there is something, you know, that deep, deep, it's like a pain, but it's not the same pain as like, oh, I hurt myself or, oh, I've been hurt by somebody. It's like a deep soul pain that we live in when we know there's more, but we're not allowing ourselves to access it or live it. You guys know what I mean? I, right? do. I, yeah. I think that's the start of every spiritual journey, right? There's that longing of wanting more that longing. And so that followed me all through my 20s. Up until that moment, like I said, in my early 30s, I had burned down my life again. I surrendered finally. And it was the first real surrender of my life where I finally kind of turned back to the idea of a divine power. I was brought up Catholic, not insanely Catholic or anything, but I rejected it because I didn't like the hypocrisy. I liked the pageantry and the incense and the ritual. I liked all that. I liked the chanting and the Latin, but I did not like the hypocrisy that I could feel within the religion. So I just rejected all of God. I rejected, oh, there's no God. I was very... I'm an atheist. I'm an agnostic. I went through all those phases. And then I had this moment when I got sober and I was in Long Beach, California, 34 years old. And I was standing in the backyard of this detox where I was like, I had to decide what I was going to do. And in that moment, when I surrendered and I decided not to go back to where I was living and go to longer term treatment, it was like something dropped in for me. I always call it like my walk-in moment where like my higher self was like, okay, bitch, get out the way. I hope it's okay if I say that. Like, get out the way I'm taking over, right? You've driven the car into the wall enough time. <laughs> Love it. I'm taking over. And because in that moment, like I changed so drastically and I opened to guidance and I opened to teachings. And of course, that's what started my real spiritual journey because you guys, I'm sure know, it's like when we, you know, the teacher is right. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm-hmm. It oh, was yeah. like people, book, opportunities, all of this stuff started coming to me that was answering my questions of there has to be more. And that's when I started meditating. That was the very beginning. I was studying a lot lot of Buddhism and Buddhist practices. I started really being able to sit with my emotions. And then of course, that perpetuated me onto my path of starting my business, becoming a coach, becoming a practitioner, getting to meet both of you, right? (laughs) Feeling my trauma, doing my subconscious reprogramming. And it's a constant journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I feel like I'll say this to close out the story. I feel like without the struggle, without the pain of drug addiction and depression and all of the things and the trauma, that I went through, I believe the pain really does, it primes us for that awakening, right? It primes mm-hmm. us for that influx of our higher consciousness selves. And I think that it it plays such a role without it. I don't think that we would be able to have the understanding that we do of how powerful we actually are as divine creators. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely grateful for it. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. amazing how your struggles can make you so grateful? You know, it's, that is just so much growth right there when you can look at your past and have gratitude for everything that you went through, knowing that it's getting you to where you need to be today. Yeah. I think it's really important you you do bring that up because I think a lot of times we think that we have to be walking the spiritual path and we're doing all these things. And I love that you said that there was a time you were an atheist and an agnostic. You know, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in that there was something greater. And it was through those struggles, catalysts, call them what you will. I think sometimes we really, truly do have to hit bottom before mm-hmm. we're ready to open up and say, I deserve something better and I want something better. And I'm ready to do the work that I need to do for me in order to step into that. I totally agree with that. And, and what popped into my head when you were saying that Paula is like it's like I would love to be like oh right I had that one spiritual awakening and boom everything lined up everything worked (laughs) out and it's been all gravy ever since right but we know that's not it's like since then there has been 
another bottom and another bottom. Now, now none of those bottoms are like the drug and alcohol bottoms, right? It's not like total depression bottoms, but the bottoms get higher where it's like, I had a bottom with my money story. I had a bottom with the way that I was conducting myself, hustling, right? That's why hustle and healing from hustle is such a big part of what I do. So it's like, because it's that, right? It's that. And each time we get to that place where it's like, all right, I am no longer willing to tolerate this in my life. Not because I'm a victim of it, but because I recognize I'm creating it. And like you said, Paula, I'm worth more or there's something better or there is more for me. And I feel like the only way we open ourselves up to that is by coming back to that divine presence over and over again. Yeah. It always makes me think of the practitioner teachings that we have is that duality. We have to have Mm -hmm. the pain to know the joy. You know, we really truly have to have those experiences so that Mm -hmm. we are open to doing something with it without getting Mm -hmm. stuck in it. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. We can choose to be stuck in it or we can choose to, I always make the joke about pulling up our big girl panties and doing the work we have to do. Not a facing ourselves too right pulling up our big girl panties and facing ourselves and taking ownership exactly needs to be done Mm -hmm. so it sounds like you had a lot of different catalysts over the years that continue to kind of i don't say push you because again it is a choice but to help you see some clarity in your life where things were not in balance oh totally and you know the first probably real big one is like so i also i had cancer when i was 28 i had a hodgkin's lymphoma And that happened at a time where I relatively had my life together. I I wasn't doing drugs, hard drugs anymore. I was drinking. I was very alcoholic, but I was working. I was functioning, all the things. I was still very angry inside. And I got hit with this diagnosis, found a lump in my, in my limp here, got diagnosed. It was cancer, went, started the treatments. And after that, when I then got sober the final time, I didn't just get cancer because I was unlucky. I didn't just get cancer because, right? I really clearly saw how it was the manifestation of my anger and my bitterness and my resentment, everything that I had been holding onto in my body. And that was my body's way of saying like, we are out of, even my addiction, we are out of alignment, right? We, it's like the big screaming, stop, 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 stop. And it's like, I didn't see it when it happened, but it was very quickly after a couple years later where I really started to be able to see that clearly. And I'm so grateful for that because now it's like, I don't need these extreme things to let me know something's out of alignment, right? It's like the one little bump, oh, my pain's starting to flare up, right? I'm feeling that stiffness or, okay, I'm hanging on to something, mm-hmm. right? It's like, we start to tune in way quicker. We don't need these like extreme happenings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need to go to the high end of it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, you bring up such a great point because we truly don't need to do that when we are willing to do our work and we're willing to start a journey because it isn't a destination. It is very much about a journey into ourselves that we can say, I don't need this illness. Knowing that, as you said, our emotions, all the things we hold in creates in our body. And I think sometimes we always look outside or when something happens, we go into the, what I call the poor me, you know, why is this happening to me? Why me? Mm-hmm. And when we mm-hmm. can step back and say, I recognize that who I am, where I've been going, what I've been experiencing has created this, even though being in whatever that illness is can be difficult. It's so empowering to go, if I've created this, I can create something so much greater for myself as well. I just need to truly believe coming back to I am divine. 
understanding the true essence of what we are and we can create something so much greater, but we just need to understand what's happening and understand we have created it. Mm-hmm. So good. What I'm finding so inspiring about your story is that but all your experiences that you've been through, I don't feel like you've played that victim. You don't have you've never had that victim mentality. It's almost like you've taken everything at face value and just accepted it and learned from it. Has this been that's how I'm perceiving it? Is that how you have done it like your whole life? Or is it because of your awakening that you've really started to really open up to the understanding of it? Or yeah, I love this question. Because <laughs> I love the consciousness, right? I love the consciousness of like victim versus creator. I really do. I feel like that's at the core of everything we do. Everything. So for me, it's so funny. And I'll share a story to answer this. <laughs> because when I was in my first year of sobriety, there was a woman in treatment with me who triggered the crap out of me. She was like my nemesis, because she was the complete embodiment of a narcissistic victim, right, would take no responsibility. If you tried to address something, she would immediately go into that role of like a victim and everybody would feel sorry for her. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't wrap my head around it because I was never able to behave like that, right? Because I was where my life path took me, my survival thing didn't involve being able there was no space to be an external victim I had to take care of myself because you know when you're in extreme drug addiction there's not really you can't lay on the floor and be a victim like you got to go and you got to do what you know you're hanging out with dangerous people you're in dangerous places but what I found is so interesting because what I found through my own contemplation was that she triggered me so much because deep 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 inside I did feel like a victim I did feel powerless but I had buried it so deep and refused to allow myself to acknowledge it that so much of my forward momentum was me trying to prove that I wasn't I'll show you right like I'll show you world and so when I finally did see that and uncover that and sit with that part of myself and forgive it and love it and you know, do all the healing work around it. It was so monumental. And so yes, I mean, outwardly, I never allowed for that. I didn't even know it was in there. But deep within, there was that victim programming that I was very much covering up. Wow. Yeah. You got to love in those mirrors sit in front of you. <laughs> yes. you know? And and I again, I know for myself, too, I've gotten stuck in that before, right? The, the poor me. And it is still part of that recognition. I'm creating it. Here's the mirror. Let me look at it. I can blame life. I can blame everyone else around me. But at the end of the day, this is about responsibility of self. This is about, again, coming back to the understanding of who we are, because then I can change it. Then I can change it. Exactly. I was just going to say, yeah, once we take ownership over something, we can change it. Powerful. So powerful when we're able to do that. Not always the easiest. It's easier to play the blame game. Thanks to taking off that guilt and the shame and just taking all that pressure off of yourself too. It makes it easier to be accountable for it as well. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was talking to one of my clients about this recently. You know, she's raising, she's also a projector. And so she's very keen on raising her kids by their human design. And we were talking about the kind of old way of parenting where everything is authoritarian and and reward-based, right? And punishment-based, like harsh punishment for getting it wrong, for having emotions, for making mistakes. And that instills so much guilt and shame so that then it's like we're all walking around as these adults before we do our work. You know, we're 
terrified to quote unquote, get anything wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Or mess anything up or take ownership. Because I know for me, it was like, if you took ownership over messing something up or breaking something, you got punished, right? You got the smack, you got yelled at, right? So there was always this punishment with taking ownership because my household wasn't one where it was like, oh, you took ownership. That's all I wanted. So now let's talk about how we can fix that wasn't happening. You did it. So I searched ownership. I didn't want to take ownership because deep inside that inner child was terrified that I was going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that's like that for a lot of people even just coming back to the emotions and being able to honor the emotions, to sit in it, to experience it, but go, you know, thank you for giving me this because it's given me understanding and know that that's okay. We don't have to have this, here's the good stuff and here's the bad stuff and you bury the bad stuff. You just put your energy into the good stuff. And it isn't about that. It's honoring the fact that we are human and we're meant to experience all these things, but also knowing we have a choice. So you can go, you know what? I screwed up. That's okay. That is okay. I've learned from it. I can now grow from it and I can now move forward. Right. Because what is screwing up really? Like, and I wish this was, this was something I wish I had learned so much earlier on. What is screwing up? If you've learned a lesson or a skill or been developed, or you got to release something, or you got more clear on who you are and what you want, then how is that a screw up? And it's like, even sometimes, oh, whoops, like I dropped something and I broke it. Okay, right out with the old in with the new. And it's like this propensity and duality to kind of like have to make everything oh, this was good, or this was bad, like you just said, right, including our emotions. These are good emotions. These are bad emotions. And then when we have the bad or we mess something up, it's like all that guilt and shame and it's like the the that's the real evolution of consciousness i think is that love of all of it right being able to sit with all of it being in peace with all of it because recognizing it really is all divine because we are divine yeah so beautifully put beautiful so it sounds like you had some major life lessons from the addiction issues that you had and then having the cancer sounds like those were huge pushes for you to follow through i used to describe it as i feel like there's something i need to find i don't quite know what it is but it pushes and pushes and pushes yeah i feel like with those experiences because it happened pretty close together and you you mentioned something before it's like about the ownership I remember clearly the day that I was sitting there at my desk and was feeling frustrated in what I was working on in my business. And I had this moment of complete clarity. Look at what you created on the struggle side. <laughs> Look at what you created and came back from. If you can create that much chaos and destruction and pain, what's even possible for you to create to the other side of that? And I remember when that really dropped in for me and I was like, it's true. Like, what could I even create? Like, if I was that powerful to navigate through all of that Mm -hmm. and not come out completely shut down or just destroyed, like, I feel like I'm pretty resilient. And yeah, really being able to see, well, if I created all of that, what's even possible for me now? Yeah. So in knowing that you are the creator, what do you do? What is like your daily spiritual practice so that you can stay in alignment and really stay focused on what you do want to create? So my daily spiritual practice lately has been amplified because I feel like the energies have been <laughs> <They> <laughs> so intense. And I feel like the eclipse and the last full moon, there's just been like a lot of very confronting, breaking down type of stuff. And I know for me, in several areas of my life, I've hit these walls where it was like being demanded of me to stop, stop trying to push, to stop trying to force and to reassess, reassess who I am, 
reassess what I'm doing. And so of course, with all of that comes this feeling of instability and insecurity. Oh my God, right? Because the mind just wants that security and predictability. Mm -hmm. Like I know where my money's coming, right? All the things. In all of that uncertainty, my daily spiritual practice has really amplified the last like couple of weeks. I do. I have a strong morning practice like right away upon waking up because I learned something quite interesting that in the first 45 minutes when we're waking up, our defenses and our personality hasn't really kicked in yet. Mm-hmm. So if we grab our journal and we start journaling, we're going to get the truth about what's going on in our hearts and our minds in that first 45 minutes. So I've been practicing, I've added that in. So right straight away, I wake up, grab a nice hot beverage. I do a couple pages of that, literally just dumping out, no judgment, get it all out. And then I do my meditation. Sometimes I'll listen to something. Sometimes I'll just meditate in silence. I do some breath work. I'll do my prayers, my affirmative prayers, where I really get myself into the energy of recognizing and coming into that alignment with that oneness, with unity, with the the universal laws that are governing everything. Because I know for me, I need to constantly remind myself that there's a bigger force in charge. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am that force 100%. And it's also bigger than me. I don't have to figure everything out on my own. So that's always a really big part of my morning practice is just that reminder and getting into that energy. And then I go out and I move my body. I walk, have breakfast, start my work. And I will continuously throughout the day take very specific breaks where I either just pause in silence for a few minutes, do some heart brain coherence breathing, Mm -hmm. because again... I can get real into my head and forget and think that I got to figure everything out. So heart brain coherence helps with that. So I'll just do that anytime throughout the day where I feel the tension creeping in. That's mm-hmm. how I know I'm getting up here is when I feel my shoulders or I start to feel my face <laughs> or, or I start getting obsessive about numbers or something like a post, how it did sales, right? Anytime the obsession creeps in right away, I know I got to stop. I got to mm-hmm. interrupt that and I got to go get with spirit. So I do that. And then I have an evening practice where I'll usually, I read a bit, I'll read some prayers, meditate again, kind of just depending on what I feel like I need. Maybe I'll breathe again. Yeah. And I like to close out the day with that as well, because then I go into the sleep realm, totally in that alignment, you know, yeah. I want to acknowledge like you are a very high consciousness, like you are very connected. And the fact that you have to say that, you know what, sometimes during throughout the day, you have to pause and kind of like realign. <laughs> we, we talk about being this higher power. And it's part of our human selves to kind of slip in and out of it. And knowing you and totally. how the consciousness that you are knowing this, I loved hearing that you have to do it multiple times a day. I think that's such a valuable lesson for everybody to be like, if, hey, if Lindsay has to do it, it's okay. <laughs> like it happens. It really happens. <laughs> that's funny, Kim, because you know I was thinking exactly the same thing. Just because we do the work and we move into, uh, as you said, a higher state of consciousness does not mean that we're void of experiences. Yeah. And yeah. that the tools are the important part because I have something I can lean on, something I can go back to. I have tools that I can use to help me bring me back into that vibration or energy, whatever word you want to use. But being in that sense of the I am, I guess you can say at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I love I love this. I love both of you for just saying that and acknowledging that because I really feel like it's such a core part of my purpose and my expression is just like bringing the realness of what it is to yes. be a divine, multidimensional spiritual being here having a human experience in the past so much of the hierarchy culture in spirituality and religion puts people on pedestals yes right and a lot lot of that is what is crumbling like I have seen 
so many spiritual leaders and teachers and coaches. I'm not making them wrong, but mm -hmm. I can see what's playing out, right? I can see where they think they don't have any work to do. And so they're getting caught up in their own bullshit and can't even, can't even see it. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so you know, I always say that if we're still here, then we still have work to do. That's yes. right. That's simple. A hundred percent, a hundred thousand percent. And me as a projector, I can't not see it, right? That's my role as a projector. I'm here to guide energy. I'm here to help people see what they can't see. And it's just my work is learning to wait for the people who want that guidance instead of thinking I need to guide everybody just because I can, right? And I think it's important for us that get it and have the tools for us to just be so, because even in the business side of things that we see online, right? Digital entrepreneurs, coaches, all the things, there's this real sort of leaning to, ah, I'm just going to pretend like everything's perfect and it's yeah. great and I'm just making all yeah. the money and life is grand. And they're not showing people what actually goes on behind the scenes to get there. Mm -hmm. And then so all these other people in both sides are like trying to, because this was me, I was trying to take my journey and I kept at like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Because I felt like the people that I was looking to for guidance and mentorship weren't showing that part of the journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I try to just be so fucking. Because it's also humorous. Like, let's just keep it real, okay? Like, let's just stop pretending that I don't get crazy and obsessive. It's just now I don't have to get caught up in it. I have the tools to go realign and remember. Yeah, that's the, that's the relatable stuff. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what makes it relatable. And to me, I think that there's a big shift in consciousness that's happening where people want that authenticity of being like, "This is me." Life isn't perfect because in this life of social media, you can make it appear however you want to, right? So seeing somebody who is just fuck this is who I am you know we have our ups we have our downs that is life I think that is so powerful and the fact that you are so willing and open to share that part of yourself I commend you for it yeah thank you yeah. and I agree I think that is a huge shift that is going on you sit back and you see these as you said mm -hmm. people on the pedestals and what they're doing oh life is good everything's here but as you said it's it's because of the work that we do you know, within ourselves, right. that's what gets you there. You know, right. that creates the opportunities that creates the growth and whatever that's going to be. And it's so important to understand that. Right. Because, you know, a lot of what gets sold online is this ideal that's not actually the real thing. And then so then when you're on your journey and you're not experiencing the ideal, you're experiencing your journey, all that comparison stuff kicks in and it's like, okay, hang on. Right. So the more real we can just be about it, it's like, no, like I'm a good manifester or bad manifester. I'm terrible <laughs> at man. Like, no, right. You're, you're manifesting all the time. Yeah. It's just, are you doing it from a conscious impact? And obviously you guys that are our specific manifestors in human design have a whole different superpower. I want to acknowledge that you do, you guys have a, a, a gift, but then as a whole, we're all always manifesting. We're all always creating it's just mm -hmm. are we doing it you know consciously and I think that that's why it's important also to share those moments of like quote-unquote less ideal situations like I was having all this car trouble in February and March and I was very open and real about it because in the ideal world of like conscious creation and manifestation like why would I create that but it wasn't about the experience it's it was about who I was during the experience, who I became through the experience. And that's what I try to talk more about because I think so many people get caught in like, well, it didn't work out the way I wanted or in the timing or the sales didn't go the way I wanted. And then it's like, oh, there must be something wrong with me, right? And it brings up all, oh, maybe I'm just not able to have it or I'm not lucky or, you know, whatever it is. It's like, no, if it's not showing up right now, there's just development that needs to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like the more real we can be. Yeah. Be authentic. Yeah. And and I love that point because I think that happens to a lot of people. If it's not happening, you see someone else experiencing it and getting all these things and really going to that place of what's wrong with me. And it's so important to step back. And again, when we consciously put our energy into the creation, but we've also done our trauma work. We've dug yeah. deep. We've pulled out the Amen. crap. <laughs> that has to be done. Or, you know, those old stories and limiting beliefs and all these things continue to kind of like, they're showing me like this uh, mist that's swirling around, right? I'm trying to get through it and see the other side, but all I'm getting is this mist because it's still all this clutter that mm-hmm. resides within our energy. Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy. I love analogies and metaphors. So that was like such a good... Good one. Yeah. So I will share this because I tried to do it that way. I thought when I came into doing my practitioner and my master coach and my trauma certification, when I first came into that, I thought that I was just doing it to be able to do the processes for other people. I really thought, oh, I'm handling my trauma. Like I heard it because I have done lots of NLP and reframing and timeline. Like I had made peace mentally and intellectually, had completely navigated through most of the crap of my life. But Mm -hmm. I was not aware that through the power of my mind, I was completely just trying to like step over the big emotional charge. That was was creating all that mist, right? So there I was trying to create all this success. But I still had this huge emotional charge around these certain traumas that had me feeling unworthy. And until I moved that brick of emotional reactivity, it's like nothing could come in. I couldn't hold the frequency of that success or abundance or prosperity. Yeah. So where are you? What you know? What's the best thing that's going on in your life for you right now? I mean, having all these experiences, all this growth, all this healing that you've been doing. You know, where are you sitting now? What's that that thing that's kind of holding your attention that you're moving forward with? Yeah. So like I said, in the past couple of weeks, I've had this moment of pause where I've really been forced to kind of reassess, you know, what I'm doing and how I'm working. And you guys know I live full-time RV life. So I'm mobile. Like right now we're in Colorado for the summer, which is so beautiful. But it's like what's really coming through is that it's time for me to do more in-person stuff, right? I'm definitely really feeling like ready to start shifting away from so much online and starting to put that focus and that planning into in-person events and retreats. And really, I just really, really, really want to, I feel like in my power as a projector, there's such a gift in being able to bring people in person, in physicality, to stand with one another and create this space and be in the presence of one another and allow me to stand in my gifts as a projector to guide and create those spaces that are really going to serve and allow people to really be seen so that people can then leave those transformational experiences having a clearer idea of who they are. So I'm really excited about that because the in-person, especially retreat, has been a dream of mine for so, so long. Probably since I even started coaching, I was like, yes, I'm going to do retreats one day. But for a long time, I doubted, I don't know, I doubted I could, I doubted I could right handle it or do the planning, right? And so it's all been coming together, including, you know, people coming into my life that can help with logistics, right? All the right people come in when the time is right. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling really kind of excited about that, feeling really excited to grow and develop my own podcast as well, even more, because I just love that. I love podcasting as an expression. Love that you guys have a podcast together. Yeah, probably those two things, feeling really just kind of rejuvenated and excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you have a podcast right now that's up, do you not? 
I do. Yeah. And it's been all audio until now, right? Like I just did audio podcasts and I've been reading a lot about how a lot of platforms are now really wanting to promote video. Oh, so I'm just starting to think about, okay, how do I take my podcast to the next level? Right. How do I reach more people? Like I want to be the friggin' Joe Rogan of consciousness, yes. right? Like we're out, like <laughs> everybody knows the show and they want to go on there and they're going to, you know, it's going to trigger people. It's going to piss people off and other people are going to be like, damn, she's so right. Oh, she said it. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, I love it. I can see that it is done. It is done. I can so, so see that for you. Yes. So you know what? But it's not even pissing them off. It is getting that conversation going. It is listening to, to people's truths, whether it's your truth or their truth but having that conversation and I think it's so important and it's like the power behind that is like woo, feels like it, I can feel that yeah and and you know like having conversations sometimes with people we necessarily don't have the same point of view mm-hmm. because so there's so much division in the world right now right and so much of like oh you vote differently or you think I can't even talk to you and I just don't understand that because yeah. for me my core, core, core value is freedom of expression, which mm-hmm. means you get to be who you are, even if I don't agree, even if I don't, I don't have to agree. It's your life. It's you, right? I can let somebody, right? And I love that. And I love people who can come together and talk about things that maybe we don't agree without it turning into like, <laughs> we can just have a conversation. I want to understand you, you know? Yeah. So I can all agree that. disagree and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Respecting mm-hmm. somebody's you know, where they're sitting in their own journey, really, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Lindsay, if you were to share some words of mm-hmm. wisdom with our listeners, what would be the thing that you would want to tell them? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it would be just remembering no matter what is going on, what is breaking down, what feels hard, what feels like it's not working, no matter what the experience is, at your core, you are divine. And you are freaking powerful. And the one thing that I have learned time and time again to be true is that it is through the breakdowns that we have the breakthrough mm-hmm. and we get to the badass. Yes. Right? It's yes. Amen. To badass. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 So yeah, surrender to it. Let like the real the phrase that's been coming through my head a lot is just let divine lead. Mm. right? Let divine lead. Mm -hmm. And knowing that you are, you are that divine. You're not giving your power away to something outside of you. You are that divinity, but that divinity has a a much bigger scope of vision that we down here don't have. So let it lead. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So beautifully put. And do your trauma work. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Absolutely. That's some of the best thing we can do. And and that's one of the things that I've noticed over the past two years is that trauma is rising to the surface. There is no longer a period of time where you can bury it or push it away. It's like right in your face because we are in an energy where it is very much about us truly understanding who we are. So we've got to do the work. Mm -hmm. Can't run away from it no more. Not at all. We're not being allowed to. Lindsay, is there, if there's anyone who would like to reach out to you or get some more information about you or what you're offering, well, how can they reach you? Totally. I'll give you guys some links. You can drop in your show notes, but then mm-hmm. also on social media, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, Lindsay Caricardi. I am Lindsay Caricardi. So that's probably the best way to reach out to me is just directly on social media. 
Amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lindsay. We are so honored to have you being in your presence and your energy is just, it's always, it's always beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for joining our conversation with Lindsay Caricardi. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I am divine. And as always, thank you for listening until then. This is Kim. And this is Paula. And don't forget that you are powerful. I am divine badass. This podcast was created by Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. We welcome you to join our private Facebook group, I Am Divine, to connect with other like-minded individuals and be part of our special events that will only be found in our private community. We would love to hear your feedback on today's podcast and on any other topics that you would like to know more about. For more information about our podcast, information on Kim and Paula, our special events, spiritual coaching, training programs, or even to book a private reading with Kim or Paula, we invite you to visit our website at www.iamdivine.ca.